the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of Eye on Real Estate, sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Exciting news and latest information. Of course, we love hearing from you. If you have any questions along the way, feel free to call us at 866-970-9622. And even if we can't get you on the air, we'll try to answer your questions. Of course, we're joined, I'm joined, and I'm uh, so grateful to have one of the smartest real estate attorneys I know uh, join me as a co-host in the first hour, and that's expert legal expert, attorney Stephen Ebert, and he's a partner at the prestigious firm Casson & Casson, which is located in Westchester. And he'll fill us on the latest, he always fills us on the latest legal developments. And if you have a question legally that's not too specific, there's nobody better to answer. And again, I'm going to put my own plug in and no one's paying me to do this. When it comes to buying a home or buying investment property, whatever, when it's real estate, don't use somebody who does everything. You know, they do divorces, they do this. They do. Go to a real estate attorney. It's a big investment. And, you know, everyone thinks it's so easy, but you forget to dot an I or cross a T, it can make a whole bigger difference. And so he's, I never have anyone on that I don't think is great. He's the greatest. That's who I go to when I need anything legally about real estate. We'll later Thanks, be joined. Buddy. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, but it's true, Stephen, and it really is true. I mean, you really are, I call you the encyclopedia, Britannica. Now, that's dating me, but when I was a kid, that was like the best encyclopedia to have. So we didn't have the luxury of going on the Internet looking up questions. We had to go to the library. Can you imagine that? Go to the library. I think we learned about the Dewey Decimal System and uh, struggled out that way. So you kids have it much better today. Today we will be also joined, which he's been on the show many times, Peter Conti of Honig Conti Perino Insurance Agency, and Peter will be hands, here to answer any insurance questions. And at 11.30 we'll be joined by one of our senior managing and one of the best managers I know in the city, uh, Managing Director of Douglas Elliman, Alfred Renner, and he'll be discussing the state of the market in the city um, and things that you should know. So, I did a little research, okay, and I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but, you know, they have funny kind of things. So, Stephen, this is what they say. Don't believe this. This is just kind of stuff that they put out. I mean, they take so many sales and they try to 
come up with when they had the most sales. And this is nationally. But it, the question was, what is the best time of year to sell a New York City apartment? Um, well, their answer is list in March to sell the fastest and get the highest price. And that's per Street Easy's analysis. Now, honestly, being in the business a long time, I don't think the seasonality is as strong as it used to be. But people with kids in school generally like to let their kids finish out, their children finish out their term. So generally, if they put their house on in the early spring, um, hopefully they will sell it by the time the kids are done with school. So that usually is January and February. Search activity indicates buyers are getting ready for spring. So they're not so busy as they are in the spring, but... I will always tell you this. If you have somebody coming out during the snow and freezing weather and you'll have less buyers, but they're serious. You might have a lot of buyers in the spring, but maybe not all of them are serious. If someone's, I mean, we had a mild winter in New York this year, but for most part, if they're battling through ice and cold, you know there's somebody who really wants to buy a house. So don't let that, just, you know, don't keep that home open in, 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 in that time. If you're looking to time the market in the weeks or months to come, this is advice on how to get most out of your deal. And it's not my advice. I'm just giving you what they say. And avoid long hunts for a new apartment. Okay? Wait for the right buyer. Wait for the right house. Don't let your emotions get you out of control. And when you're in a bidding war, and Stephen and I will talk about this a little later, you know, sometimes that can do it. <laughs> you know, you should know your budget. You should know what you can spend. And it's not only how much you can spend. Because you might be able to get a mortgage for a lot more than you spend for the house. But how do you want to live? Do you want to live and if you're happy dedicating all your money to the house and then you might not have as much money to go out or anything? That's fine. But if you're buying it with somebody, you really need to discuss those things when you come up to like what price range you should spend. You know, you know. If you're a seller, they claim to sell your place the fastest and get the highest price, get it on the market by March. Again, this is just general stuff. Honestly, if you have your, your home on the market in January, well, there's not as many buyers, but as I said, there, there might be less, but they're mostly serious. Okay, and that's according to Street Easy, which finds co-ops and condos that get on the market in the first week of March usually go into contract 16 days earlier than listing than listings entering at other times of the year. Now, gonna, these are just numbers they compiled, so I don't want to tell you it's a science, but I thought it was fun anyway. Now, I guess and I've said this, normal, we're, we're getting normal. After several volatile years, and the sales market is reverting to much more regular patterns, Obviously, I said this last week. Stephen said it also. You can't compare 20, 21, 22, whenever that pandemic hit us so hard in New York City. And everybody moved. And even if they didn't move out of the city, they tried to get a bigger space because they were stuck in the house. So to me, that's an anomaly. So I like to look when I'm comparing stuff to 2019, right before the pandemic. What do you think about that, Stephen? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, you got to look back and you need to modify any stats for, for years in which there are market distortions. 
and we've had a lot of them. And, and so, you know, you really want to take a look at maybe a 10-year look back and trying to average there just to get a sense to see where the trend lines are really going. Right. Now, from John, the Miller's report, which we'll have on the show soon. He hasn't been on for a while. Actually, he used to do every, he used to come to the studio every Saturday, and he lives in Connecticut. Then it's just got too much with his family. He's got a big family, a beautiful family, by the way. There were 488 co-ops and 488 condo listings added in Manhattan last month. Okay, but, okay, and that is compared to 666 in January of 22. So inventory is a little bit better, but I wouldn't consider it over. We don't have too much inventory. It's kind of just getting back to normal. Um, Listing after, and then of course it tells you that if, if early spring is not the right time for you, then consider other windows of opportunity. Listing after tax day to sell above ask. Now this doesn't mean it's a guarantee. It's just that they took all the sales, averaged them out, and this is kind of what they came up with. Lee finds that listings the week after the April tax filing deadline gives you the highest probability for selling above ask. His report note. Now if you have a... If you have an overpriced house. So that's why when you read all this stuff, and Steve will tell you, most of this is general. You know, and so when it comes to, we're giving you a lot of information that's very general because you really have to be very specific, sit down with an accountant, get a real estate attorney, sit down with your spouse or your significant other or a roommate, whoever you're going in with, and seriously have these conversations because they're really important. Okay. Um, they tell you that September is another selling window because it's fall. And generally, sometimes in the summer, the it's slower because people are on vacation, kids are at camp, people go away. Um, even the second home market is slower sometimes because they have renters in them. And a lot of times the renters are not as cooperative as they, you know, they don't want to be disturbed sometimes, so they make it sometimes, not all, but sometimes hard to get in. Okay, then it says if you're a buyer, typical spring, the number of listings on the market is higher, which is true. More people put their homes on the market in the spring. Now, that could work two ways, because if you're a buyer, maybe you want to put it on a little before the spring, okay, so that you have less competition. However... You know, you have to price it right. And, and, you know, it's not just one thing. Buyers are enthusiastic at all price points that we feel. And uh, another factor driving some buyers back to the market is that they're trying to get people back to the office. How is that all going in the city? Because I just heard, Stephen, that they want three days work week, which work in the office, which I think was put down to say, you know, some company said, no, but we'll do four. But then somebody told me their company gave them four days. They can work from home one day, but they have seven weeks that they can choose, not their vacation, seven other weeks that they can choose to work out of their home. You know, I think all the companies <laughs> are all over the place and they're trying to figure this out. And it's all about attracting and retaining employees. And you got to, I think, keep in mind, it's very different sector by sector. I mean, I would differentiate professional service firms like lawyers, 
accountants, engineers differently than bankers, differently than tech. And of course, healthcare is a whole nother story. But I think there is good news also. It's out there. Actually, there's a great announcement that just came out yesterday. Um, we have an engineering firm that signed a 65,000-square-foot lease in the Empire State Building. Wow. Um, and what's interesting um, is they're really making some changes in the building. So, you know, you think of the Empire State Building, it's an iconic building, um, an older building, so it doesn't quite have all the amenities as some of a newer building might. But the building is about 2.7 million square feet, and wow. they're setting aside – about that's that's the total square footage when you think and they're setting aside 65,000 square feet for amenities so they're putting in actually a golf simulator and a pickleball court um and they converted the starbucks to this high-end starbucks what they call reserve you know sort of like the coffee version of a microbrewery in the building and so I, i think they're all trying to figure out how to have the right balance of office space amenities to attract, and I think that's going to be part of the formula, because you're going to want to have workers stay. I mean, and by the way, Dottie, this is a trend that's been going on for years, right? You hear the stories that a lot of startups, you know, they had cafeterias. Google was known for this, even video games and ping pong tables. So, you know, I think what's interesting about this is that concept, which was sort of niche in the sort of startup tech world. Because of COVID as an accelerator, um, it's making its way more into the mainstream um, business world. Um. Well, I think so. And I think the millennials and, you know, we're going to discuss some of that, you know, over time because probably, well, I can tell you, not probably, this is a fact, millennials are making up the largest part of home buyers on, on single family homes and, you know, and apartments. Um, and they are not always looking for the same thing as baby boomers are. So when you're looking at selling your home, you kind of want to make it appeal to like more of a millennial, and we're going to get into some trends. And what I hope to do in the next couple of weeks is really get back to some basics in real estate. And sometimes when you do it every day and every day, and everyone asks you a million questions wherever you go, uh, you forget that there's such little little details that can make a big difference in how successful you are and in successful in the purchase if you don't have buyer's remorse, if you don't re- not to regret anything. So we're going to try to focus on some of those things. Um, also, you know, we'll talk a little about co-ops and condos, whether it's this show or the next show, because if you're buying in the city, for most part, you're really going to deal with that, and that's a whole other animal. I know when I first came into the city, I lived on Long Island most of my life. I started real estate there and in the Hamptons. There weren't many co-ops. And, well, they were, I don't think, there was very few, and the rules, they were easy. So it was a whole nother language I had to learn. And let me say this, and Steve, this is not a sales pitch because I don't do that on the show. You don't dare want to do a co-op or a condo and not use an attorney, okay? I mean, I think you should always use an attorney, but you really want, and you want to use an attorney that's familiar with co-ops and condos because there's a lot of nuances that people don't realize um, and that they would find out if it's too late. So you really want to have an attorney that knows, and a broker also that knows that. 
And Dottie, now I'll tell you, we sometimes get retained for out of state. I mean, we'll have clients who have bought and sell co-ops and condos in New York. And there are some states where their procedures are different. And so they'll say in those jurisdictions, oh, just use a title company and there's no due diligence. And they'll actually retain us because they realize the value. But we can talk more about that after the commercial break. I know that's coming up. But, you know, it's again, it's all about making an informed decision. And the only way you can do that is to have all the right information and somebody analyze it for you. Absolutely. You're going to want to hear the rest of what Stephen has to say. I can't tell you how valuable this is. And if you were paying an attorney, you'd be paying them on the minute. So this is all free. We do this to help you make a great real estate deal and a great real estate purchase that you're going to love. Attention AM 970 The Answer listeners. Meet and greet with beloved host John Katsimatidis until 2 p.m. today at Ferry Hawk Stadium. John will be signing his new book, How Far Do You Want to Go? And while you're at the ballpark, stop by and get to know the Ferry Hawk's new manager, Yankees World Series champion, Homer Bush. That's today until 2 p.m. at Staten Island University Hospital Community Park, home of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Local Business Owner, do you get calls from multiple digital marketing firms trying to sell you the quick fix to your marketing challenges? Maybe you've bought the latest tactic that some hotshot sold you and you're wondering where your results are. The problem is you know you need to market your business, but trusting a partner, well, that's been a challenge. Our solution for many local business owners is through our digital marketing solutions, Salem Surround. Salem Surround is unique because we're based on the same guiding principles that Salem Media is. We actually care about our clients and we're accountable to our results. The same care that we deliver our radio content to you is the same we do with all our digital marketing services. So reach out to us at SalemSurround.com today and we'll consult with you about your individual needs and create a customized plan to actually do what you need your investment to do. That's SalemSurround.com, a full-service digital marketing solution for your business. Dazzling decal on Daisy's Donuts window. Bold banner at Barry's Barbershop. Prominent poster at Penny's on Park Place. This is your sign. Well, signs. To try Staples and see the difference. Get $15 off signs, banners, and posters when you spend 75 or more. From Staples. And I couldn't miss it. Ends 415. Visit staplesconnect.com slash printpig for details. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Hi, folks. It's Arthur Idala of The Power Hour every night here on AM 970 at 6 
p.m. We try to bring you a lot of fun, a lot of energy, with a lot of facts, a lot of inside scoop from the courtroom and from the streets of the city of New York with our special guests and our regular co-hosts, Sam Bellino, Joni, Alex, and whoever happens to be walking around the office. Tune in weeknights at 6 p.m. This is Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman and host of I Own Real Estate on AM 970 The Answer. Listen, I just discovered a new line of skincare products that I have to tell you about. I've tried many products that have been on the market for many years. So that's why I'm so excited about Hemp Leaf. The Vanilla Passion Skin Cream is soft and the scent calming. The feel on my skin is just amazing. It's not at all greasy and I can feel my skin perking up. The black soap, while it may look less than inviting, was the most amazing surprise. It's smooth and creamy and makes my skin feel soft and hydrated. I'm really looking forward to trying the rest of the product line and sharing my thoughts with you. I would never put anything on my body that I wouldn't put in it. So you should visit them at www.hempleaf. That's www.hempleaf, and it's H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F. And if you enter the words Dottie at the checkout, you can receive 10% off. And... Um, they are the the partners on this is are our residents of long of Long Island, so we're going to have them on to talk a little about Long Island and maybe a little about their product because it's absolutely grazed. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're in the middle of talking about the best times to buy, and of course, I just finish up with the holidays you probably get if you have a seller who has their ass on the holidays they want to get rid of it and be done so it's probably a good time to look don't discount it now Steve you were in the middle of talking about yeah we were talking about yeah so a couple things um, market and also due diligence so one we were talking about beforehand about offices nice big lease that was signed up um and again, you're seeing building shift to add amenities to be part of the mix to grab the tenants so that way the tenants can grab the office workers. I mean, here's the thing. The bottom line is there's a symbiotic relationship here. You know, on the one hand, right, people think landlords and tenants are adverse to each other. You know, landlords are trying to get as much money as they can out of the tenants, and the tenants is trying to get the most amount of space um, from the landlords. But, you know, I think a smart landlord and tenant will realize, well, wait a minute, they have a really shared agenda in that they want to have the office workers back to work. Because if the office workers don't come back to the office and, and work from home, then the tenants don't need the space. But also I want to point out, there, it's a mixed bag on efficiency. On the one hand, sure, if you don't have to commute, you save commuting costs you save commuting time, but there's something to be said upon, about dressing for the job, right? When you're dealing with your colleague who just rolled out of bed and they're still in pajamas versus someone who's already mentally prepared, is dressed for the job, you also train the next generation of workers who um, are there and show up, right? You know, that changes the whole vibe, the whole culture of the company. And one of my personal concerns is that companies, 
and this is across the board, to some degree are relying on fumes to move the vehicle forward that is their business. And what I mean by that is you can get away with not training people for a couple of years, right? You can get away with that. But at some point, you're going to have a knowledge gap, a relationship gap, a culture gap that exists at the company. And so they're trying to address that. And as part of that, you know, landlords are realizing they have to chip in and they're putting in these amenities. Um, So it's an interesting um, relationship that's there because, you know, they have the same, I think, goals. Right. And you know what? As I've always learned, a good deal is not when somebody walks away and gets taken advantage of. It's when everybody kind of, you know, you have to give it here and there, so that's why you do your wants and needs. But a good deal is when everybody walks out happy. Everyone thinks, you know, I gave up this and that, but I got this and that. So, therefore, you have to have an attorney that knows also how to negotiate deals because I've watched some of the attorneys that really didn't, and they could screw it up. Um, talking about New York, and yeah. I, I – you, well, you know that's true, right? I mean, I, mean, I don't expect well, you, you to know, against – Well, here's the thing. It's interesting. The, the attorney relationship – it's somewhat it's somewhat bipolar a little bit, right? When you think with the client and with the brokers, and if you look at it, and this is just how the system is struck, right? When the when the attorney starts doing the bulk of their work, it's after there's the there's the handshake of a deal. So as far as the broker is concerned, they think the deal is a good one, and most of them most of the time it is, right? Because otherwise they wouldn't have negotiated there with their client. But now all of a sudden, the attorneys come in with sort of two contradictory marching orders. On the one hand, do what needs to be done to get the deal done. On the other hand, look for problems and then try to see if the deal should be changed or not happen. Right? And that's sort of the contradictory instructions that the attorney has. And so it, what, what's critical and this is where, you know, they have wonderful law dramas on TV, but they're really litigation-focused and criminal-focused. They're not really transactional. And the thing about a transactional attorney is look into the future with the information from the present to see what kind of problems there may or may not be, and then collate that data and go back to your client and say, here's what I think is important, here's what's not this is okay to proceed, maybe it's not, or we need to change things. And that's a hard task because when you start your day in the morning, you don't start off your day by saying, let me think about all the problems that's going to happen and see if I should walk (laughs) out the door or not. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I try to think of things that are positive. But I'm just saying that when, you know, I've been to so many closings, and again, in the olden days, every closing was in person. Um which is not the case, well, especially during the pandemic, but I would watch sometimes. And, you know, that's why I say know your needs and wants. Because even if I said you, and I said this last week, even if you built a house for yourself, you designed it with an architect, when you got through, you would say, oh, I should have done this or I forgot to do that. So there's nothing perfect. So you have to be willing to give a little because... If one party feels taken advantage and they're just, you know, their attorney is getting everything they want and the other attorney is getting nothing, that could blow up a deal. And I've seen it happen. 
So you want an attorney that you you have a good rapport with, that knows real estate, and knows how to talk to the other attorney also. Okay, because... 100%. I mean, I had a deal yesterday that we're still working on, and this was for commercial lease. We're getting ready to sign, and I've been on the tenant. I'm representing the landlord. I've been on the tenant's attorney to get me the corporate documents, and all of a sudden, I start seeing a new name. A and different attorney? No, 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 no. A different owner of the company. We've been oh. dealing with person <laughs> one and person two. And then all of a sudden, I see the ownership is person. I'm like, who's person three? Oh, well, they all work together. They, they, they own multiple of these you know, places together. I don't want to say what it is. And these businesses, and that's how they do one in each one. But they really are all in. I said, it's not how business is done. I go, you're just making up numbers. You're making things. I go, I don't know who this person is. You, you, we, you know, we've been talking all this time. No, I, these I... Two people and, you know, and it's, it's amazing how sometimes, you know, and this is where sometimes the attorney has to tell the client, like, there's a certain professional way in which to make an offer and conduct a transaction. And, and the attorney in this case was very absent. I was dealing with all their providers on insurance and things to make sure everything was in order. All stuff that they should have been doing, you know, to, to make it happen. And now we have another roadblock and we'll see what happens. But that's top on the list. Well, you know, Steve, your point is so important because I really have seen things blow up because of it. And even when you're negotiating, like, and the same holds true with a, a real estate broker. When you interview real estate brokers, you want to see what their negotiating skills are because, again, I don't think people put a priority. It doesn't, you know, I love Million Dollar Listing. I hired Frederick, and that's great. And they are really the best. They're, they're great agents, and they, have, they make a ton of money, and they're that good. However, for TV purposes, I don't think that, you know, very rarely, I don't want to say never, but never really do you negotiate millions of dollars on a quick phone call for five minutes. You know, oh, let me call the owner and see if they'll oh, come the- back down $10 million. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, he'll come down nine million, and that's three minutes later. Now, could it happen? Yes, but it's not usual. And negotiating is really important. Not only for the, the, you need an agent that knows how to negotiate, but you also need an attorney that knows how to speak to the other attorney also. And I don't I mean, think people the, realize that. Yeah, I mean, those shows are about as realistic as, and I'm going to make a reference here, me being Rambo and jumping out of a helicopter with a bazooka and two machine guns and not missing any any shot. I mean, it, it's nice. It makes for good drama, um, and it's fun, and maybe a good video game, but that, that's not the way things work. I mean, yes. could you, I mean, could, could I wish it was that easy. Oh, you want $10 million off? Let me just make a call. Oh, he says he won't give you 10 but he'll give you 9 Oh, okay, I guess we have a deal. Let's rejoice. Well, you know, it gives you a new opportunity for a show. Instead of million-dollar listening, you could have million-dollar 30-second <laughs> phone call. I mean, <laughs> but, but that, that, is, that is not, I mean, it's not how it works, but it's entertaining. But I'll tell you what is important, going back to, you know, before the break, we were talking about due diligence. And, you know, this is where for listeners who are all over the country, you know, keep in mind that every jurisdiction does things differently. Yes. You know, you know, and, and by the way, even though New York has a lot of co-ops, I mean, other cities too, Philadelphia, Boston, you know, it's interesting. I had a client buying a place 
who was from St. Louis, and I was trying to explain what a co-op is, and he said, don't worry, you don't have to explain it to me. There are two co-ops in St. Louis. I'm president of one of the two co-ops, so I know what they're about. So they're in St. Louis. Um, they're, they're different parts of the country. Um, and what I mentioned is what's interesting is the closing procedures are so different state by state because that is we are in a federalist country where you have state rules, not just national rules. And I've been called in by clients who said, look, I'm buying a place. I have a title company who says, yeah, there's no litigation. The mortgage is paid off. So that's okay. But they're looking at the seller and the broker believes in the value of the deal, but they're not doing due diligence. And they, they've called me and can you look at the financials? Can you analyze this? And that's really important. And what's shocking is that how many people sleepwalk through these transactions and say, well, because the other person bought it, it must be fine. Well, let me tell you something. Pick your childhood game, hot potato, musical chairs. At some point, the music runs out and you're the one left carrying it. Um, you really want to make sure that you have a thoughtful approach to due diligence when you're buying. Absolutely. And you have an attorney that knows how to decipher all of this, the uh, offering statements. It's not as easy as you think. Today on Hey Culligan, reverse to reduce. Here's Bob. Hey Culligan, I love fresh water, but I got plastic bottles coming out. Whoa, Bob, you are not kidding about the bottles. But did you know Culligan's reverse osmosis and always-on drinking water systems provide fresh, clean, delicious drinking water and help reduce the equivalent of over 15 billion plastic bottles from landfills worldwide? Holy fresh, (laughs) environmentally friendly drinking water. Am I right? Right, Bob. And we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the new MyPillow 2.0 with a special buy one, get one free offer. The MyPillow 2.0 offers a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. The new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a a cooler surface temperature. MyPillow knows core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. The new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night by creating a lower surface surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. Machine washable and dryable with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee and made in the USA. Just go to the radio listeners page at MyPillow.com, use the promo code AM970 or call 800-651-0798, 800-651-0798. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on the new MyPillow 2.0, 800 651 Oh, seven, nine, eight. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com. Are you fed up with hair loss or weak, brittle hair? 
Invite Health would like to introduce you to Hair Enhance HX. This powerful bioactive formula targets the root causes of hair loss, like stress, hormone imbalance, and nutritional deficiencies, packed with clinically studied nutrients shown to increase hair strength and growth. Formulated to target male and female pattern hair loss with amino acids to strengthen hair and promote new hair growth. This comprehensive formula addresses the multiple causes of weak, brittle, and lackluster hair. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Buy one bottle of Hair Enhance HX as suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com and use promo code HAIR. Are you ready to get to the root cause and finally see and feel a difference? Call now, 800-673-2345 for Hair Enhance HX. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Attention AM970 The Answer listeners. Meet and greet with beloved host John Katsimatidis until 2 p.m. today at Ferry Hawk Stadium. John will be signing his new book, How Far Do You Want to Go? And while you're at the ballpark, stop by and get to know the Ferry Hawks' new manager, Yankees World Series champion, Homer Bush. That's today until 2 p.m. at Staten Island University Hospital Community Park, home of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. And before I introduce a guest that has been on our show uh, Peter Conte, partner at Holy Conte and Perino Insurance Agency, and he's terrific. I just want to c- conclude, well, I want to say conclude because I'll be talking about it in future f- shows. But remember, because I hear so many so, such people saying such negative things sometimes about New York City, just remember this. Remember how hard it was hit. It was one of the hardest hit cities. And New York City has a track record of being one of the best long-term investments in the U.S. Um, and it's still going. I mean, rents are off the wall. New York home prices nearly doubled. So, of course, everyone's going to say, well, I knew I should have bought it, but I didn't. They nearly doubled over the last decade. And... Um, the supply and demand is still low, but it's getting, you know, a little better. So there's a little bit more supply. And um, it looks very young to me. It looks like it's kind of a rebirth of a lot of young people coming back. And we will talk about that in future shows because I think there's a lot of misinformation about New York City. And I want to applaud New York City because I they really – I remember Stephen and I – I was standing on Fifth Avenue and I showed the pandemic and there was not a car. It looked like the Twilight Zone. There was not a car in the street. There was just nobody. And we really uh, now forget about it because there's no place like New York City. I don't care what anyone says. They have their problems. We're not fully 100% through with them, but we're always going to have things. But on the whole, there's no other place like New York City. And with that, uh, you I don't have to introduce, well, I will introduce somebody he's been on. He's uh, one of the best. Peter Conti, partner at Hornet Conti Perino Insurance Agency. And good morning, or 
Yeah, good mid-morning, Peter. Good mid-morning to you, Daddy. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, okay? I'm really doing well, and I'm really excited about, you know, I, I happen to be, you know, I was in Florida for a while, and I, I, the, 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 the price is there off the wall. Um, many of my friends from New York City have kids that are looking for apartments, and they're calling, and they're saying, gee, uh, do you know anything? They can't find anything. So it's a, and it's also kind of a challenging market, I think, because people aren't sure what's going to happen. You know, it's kind of one of those years that people are not sure which way it goes. But, you know, insurance, I mean, like, after a while, people say, well, like, insurance? But you have to have it. What's enough insurance? Um, Well, I'm going to leave that to you. But let me ask you a few key questions that I know uh, when I get emails and I get, you know, I do a lot of social media, uh, questions that uh, are asked of me frequently. Um, what will homeowners, ins- like, well, let me start with this. What happens when you discovered, if you're buying a, a property and you discover, Peter, um, that they did work and they don't have a permit for it? where they don't have the CO, or they used an unlicensed electrician who was a friend of theirs, and they probably did it for cheaper. Gotcha. That's a great question, Donnie. So for insurance sake, that does not matter when it comes to filling out the application for insurance and discussing with your broker how to insure your apartment, right? So let's say you find out that it was an unlicensed electrician. You technically... You should then, as the homeowner, go and get the electric looked at and make sure it's brought back up to code. That's the most important thing. But when it comes to the insurance, excuse me, when it comes to the insurance on the matter, there's an underwriting question. If there's knob and tube wiring throughout the house, when the when um, the electric was last updated, and technically, even if it wasn't licensed work that did it, or a licensed contractor that did it, it was updated. So we would put that updated date versus the build date of the home or the, the condo or co-op building. But what's really important is that the homeowner take that extra step to then make sure that electric gets licensed. And I just want to I just want to target electric right now because you did say that and electricity does cause fires. It's uh-huh. <laughs> so I just wanted to chime in on that one very quickly, but. You know, if you're buying a house out on Long Island and you come to find that there's an extra basement in the bathroom that's unpermitted from the insurance carrier's eyes, does that create more of a risk for the home? Not necessarily. So when you're talking to your broker, because that's not necessarily a greater risk, all you have to do is disclose that there is a, a you know, Street Easy or Zillow or Trulia may say that there's three bathrooms. But as long as the homeowner goes to the broker and goes, look, there's actually four bathrooms. I just want to be clear. We found an extra bathroom in the basement. Then you are okay from an insurance standpoint. That risk has been perfectly uh, categorized while you're filling out the application and looking for insurance. So if there's a claim, the house burns down or anything, you know, we also take into account that bathroom and the extra rebuild cost of that. So that gets put back into the house because it does add value but the carrier would pay out the claim 
and it wouldn't deny the claim. And then you would be able to have all four of your bathrooms back and your house back again. Well, that's good to know, but just let me tell our listeners, and Steve, you'll agree with me, when you're describing a home, um, and you're saying it's got three ba- bedrooms or four bathrooms, whatever, they don't count basement bedrooms or bathrooms. as They don't generally count that. It'll, you'll, you'll have insurance that covers it, but they don't, you know, if you're looking in a listing, they usually don't put that in, you know, especially if it's illegal. And I don't want to get into it. I mean, that's that's a whole other subject of legal apartments, which Steve and I will talk on another show about. But, I, I, you know, it's not counted in the room count. They usually don't count ba- the uh, basement, of, you know, stuff. But you want to make sure it's safe because that could cause a ba- major fire. And so, so I just, I, I don't want to talk about it very long, but illegal apartments are a huge issue, and those not being reported and those those having an illegal apartment in a building or a home could potentially cause a claim to be denied if there is a fire or a loss at the property without the insurance carrier knowing um because it's just an insurance carrier would never write the risk from the standpoint of if they knew illegal activity was going on so that that is a home upgrade or a change in a home that is not acceptable for most carriers well, can we say yeah, this, Stephen? Yeah, then you the answer. Yes. Yeah, so, Be honest. Just don't try to lie when you're talking to whether it's the loan office or the insurance. Tell the truth. So, Peter, a couple of things that I see come up and get some advice for clients. Um, they buy a home and they're looking to renovate it and they expand. What is the procedure that they should have with you as their insurance agent and their insurance company to just make sure that their policy is reviewed and upgraded appropriately? Because so many times I see people, they get their insurance policy, they have a mortgage, and they just let it roll over year by year, and they're not really looking at the changes that go on. Yeah, so, of course, depending on the uh, scope of the renovation, you do need to let your insurance provider know because at some point during that renovation, especially if there's a mortgage, we would have to change a homeowner's policy into a builder's risk policy to take into account the concept of workmen coming in and out of your apartment or home so that, you know, between the liability and the increase in exposure to just having people working extra cords running everywhere, fires potentially starting, water pipes not not being heated accordingly due to construction, then we would have to change that policy over to builder's risk. But what I say always is... And can I just I'm interrupt and just say one thing that's very important for the listeners? And I'm sorry to interrupt because I'm one thing. Sure. And, and to our listeners, very important to hear what Peter just said because that's in addition to working with licensed and insured contractors. Just because your contractor has their own insurance doesn't mean that you don't have to do anything. And so you should always check in with your insurance professional. Absolutely. Absolutely. Never never rely on someone else's insurance whatsoever. Always go out and get your own or see if there's some type of product for you to insure you. Um, I have two questions, one for you and one for Steve. And for you, Peter, can you get homeowner's insurance without a CO? And for you, Stephen, 
If you don't have COs, can you end up closing on the property? So the simple answer Peter, go ahead to the question, or yeah, thank you, Steve. I was just going to do that anyway. Sorry, though. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the 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 technical answer. I, I know I was going to give the simple answer, but the technical answer is yes. There are products out there for everything insurance-wise, and so. If you don't have a CEO or the home is being built or it's already built and it's not technically, you don't have that CEO, there are products both within the state, out of state. You could even, you could even go to excess and surplus lines if you have to in order to insure something. So, yes, the, you can get insurance on it. And I do recommend always having insurance on all of your assets, even if there's no CEO, but it will be more expensive than just the normal homeowners if it was properly licensed. Your turn, Steve. Great. So there's a few pieces to that, that question. Number one is the simple one of the client just want to close. They don't care. They just want to get that property. So if a client is going to get mortgage financing, they want it, the bank will require that the property is legally authorized. And generally that means that it has a CO, there's some exceptions which we'll get to in a moment, to get permanent financing. Now maybe you can get a construction loan, you can get private lending or so forth, but generally if you don't, if you're trying to just get a normal mortgage permanent financing, a bank won't lend without the CO. Now if a client is all cash, they can go ahead and buy the property because remember, the purpose of the CO, the certificate of occupancy, is that the buildings department is saying, this property is approved to be used in the manner it's listed as, residential, commercial, etc. That doesn't mean that you're not the owner. It doesn't mean that title isn't clear if you don't have a CO worked out. So it depends on the scenario that they're going in to acquire the property. So that, that's important to look at it that way. Also, remember the CO laws haven't been around forever. You know, in New York City, for example, the CO laws have been around for about 90 years. So we have buildings from the 1800s that what we call predate CO laws. So depending upon the jurisdiction, I mean, you could have a property easily over 100 years old. You know, sometimes we look to get what's called a predate letter, which the local uh, building department will say that even though there's no CO, we're okay with what's there. So. It depends on what type of property and, and purpose, but it, you can definitely figure out ways to get to a closing. Now, now, Peter, I'm going to throw one more question in your direction. One common discount that consumers look for is when they have a proper alarm system put in place and they try to get a discount in their insurance premium. Um, one of the things we're seeing a real evolution on, you know, back in the older days, you know, five, ten years ago, You'd have your major companies, you know, your Sloman, your ADT, et cetera, your, your sort of traditional big corporate alarm systems. But now you have a lot of people putting in their own, like Ring and some of them having monitoring systems. And can you talk about if someone's trying to put in the right system to get some of these discounts and their insurance premium, what they need to look for and what would qualify and what wouldn't? Yeah, absolutely. So. There's two types of insurance discounts um, when it comes to alarm systems. There's the central station monitored alarm systems like 
this low mains or ADP that will communicate directly with the fire department and or the police department should something happen like the, the smoke detector goes off the police department will be notified and they'll dispatch a fire crew and then if there's an author, unauthorized entry a door or a window opens without your knowing while the alarm is set you're either not home or you are home and you just have the alarm set now technically whenever in the insurance company's eyes when you are home you should have the alarm set if you're not planning to go outside so that's a very important distinction and they eased up a little bit on their guidelines for this and how they would handle a claim especially because a theft claim or a burglary claim is honestly going to not be that too high in, in their payout or their losses just because what could someone smash and grab in x amount of time while you're home you know but um, new, new, new people like Simply Safe are changing the game. Um, the Wi-Fi enabled central monitoring devices, carriers are loving them now, and I highly encourage all my customers to get them. Well, Peter, you have to come back because there was a million more questions I have for you. Um, so please, we'll get in touch with you and come back, and we'll finish up. There's so much to know. Um, thank you so much, Peter, and have a great day. We'll speak real soon. And we're going to be back right after with Jason Green, who lives on Long Island. We're going to talk about it a little bit and also is the co-founder of Hempleaf. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.